it's such a deep topic, man. <laughs> but I no feel doubt. like in 40 minutes, I feel like we did a pretty good job of, of putting some good stuff in there for folks to think about. It's yeah, just yeah. one of those, it's one of those topics where you feel like uh, there's so much more that we didn't quite get to, but I don't know. You Can't. would literally have like a Joe Rogan length show Bro. of two and a half, three hours of just like yep. hashing it out. Welcome into the harvest friends. I've got a special guest this week. John Snyder is joining me from the East coast. So we've got East coast, West coast represented here, John. Um, I'm excited to have you on today and we're going to have a conversation that centers around finding and following the will of God. But before we dive into that, let me give you a chance just to introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are, um, what you're up to these days. And if you want, maybe a little bit of the background of how you and I know each other. Yeah. Great to be with you too, Andrew. Um, it's really an honor to be here with you. I try and catch as many of these as I can. And they're, they're great for me and my faith and uh, share often uh, great, great lessons I'm learning for you and Abby and the team. So we appreciate your ministry. Um, my wife, Jess, and I, we've got uh, five kids. We are out at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. So uh, 16 down to uh, Juliet just had another birthday. So 16 down to nine, four boys and a girl. So Jonathan, Jaron, Jonas, Judah, Juliet. And um, We've kind of like taken over a local Christian school. We've kind of got every one of our kids in one of those grades. Um, I'll throw out the school. My wife has been teaching Bible over there. Um, so that's kind of the season of life we're in, um, trying to raise our kids faithfully, help them to uh, discover um, and own their faith with Jesus. Um, and then just recently, um, I have uh, accepted a position to be the military director for our navigator military work. Um, and I'll start that job on one March, um, though it feels like it's already happened. Um, according to my email box, I think I've already started. Um, but uh, yeah, this this role really is going to be all about serving. Um, most people think when you take positions like this, you're actually leading. Um, and I think one of the words that God's given me is in Matthew 25, where he talks about who then is the wise and faithful servant whom the master has placed over his fellow servants to give them food at the proper time. So Really, it's a kind of being a servant to my fellow servants. So I'm looking forward to, to what this season will look like. God is doing a great work. Despite what you read in the news, despite what the world tells you, God is building his church. And there's many things to be encouraged about. And that's true in this role. And I know that's happening at, with, with Into the Harvest as well. So uh, we go way back, bro, um, for <laughs> sure. Um, I feel like... Uh, it feels like I've known you all my life, though it's only true because I've only known half, you know, you've only known half my life, but right. you and Cindy have been huge for Jessica and I, um, you and Cindy discipled me. And then when I met Jess, you discipled her and uh, you've been a consistent and um, we're just a consistent presence in our life. And we're so thankful uh, for you guys and your investment in us. And we wouldn't be the people we are without you. Yeah, I, I love doing this show because it gives us a chance. Of course, a lot of our shows are in-house. We're talking amongst ourselves as a team, uh, myself and Abigail, Lakeith, um, Hope, who's now on the team as well. So we have these conversations because we're all trying to, to follow Jesus faithfully in the everyday places of life. 
but then sometimes I get to bring people in from, from outside of our, our network, so to speak, people who love the Lord and who are serving in different ways in different corners of the kingdom. Um, but then there's a third group of people who you would fit in. And th these are people that we've known over the years who, um, who I love. And I know, I know personally, I've been able to watch your life. Like you said, really, we met in 2000, right? 99. Yeah. 99. So yeah, you've got 20 plus years of, of really ongoing relationship. And so to bring someone like you on the show is, is a real privilege because we're really good friends and we've been partnering together for decades, literally. Um, so we know each other well. I kind of I know what to expect in this conversation, even though we haven't talked <laughs> about it too much. But, right. but I think it's great for us to be talking about finding and following the will of God because it's an ongoing thing. It's, it's, you could almost say that it is the definition of what it means to, to be a disciple, mm -hmm. uh, to be a follower of Jesus. So if you can't find the will of God, how are you going to follow Jesus? So why don't we start off with just this whole idea of, I kind of thought we would, we would talk about this, this topic maybe in, in three broad ways. One would just be prerequisites or preconditions to finding and following the will of God. And then another might be principles. And then we'll, we'll share some practices just from our own lives, how we've tried to live out these, these principles in, in real time. So let's start with the, the preconditions, the prerequisites. What do you think um, we need to be aware of when it comes to this idea of finding and following the will of God? Yeah. Man, I, I got to say too, man, I'm, I'm, ex I'm excited to talk this with you. Um, I think we're both wrestling this right now in our own lives and over yep. and over again, just seasons of life where we're pressing in to say, God, what would this next five years look like? What, what ought we do in obedience to you? But that's really the prere prerequisite, right? So Luke six forty six talks about this idea of why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say. Mm -hmm. um, so we're, we're talking about the will of God, but if we don't even call him Lord to begin with, and it doesn't matter if we do what he says or not. So this prerequisite has to be just, I have to recognize the role of Christ in my life. And that is as Lord. Yeah. And that's actually one of those core tenets of our gospel, right? Um, that he is both Lord and savior. Um, so that, that has to be our starting point. If, if that's not our starting point, then why even ask? <laughs> why even ask the will of God? And then um, I was just recently at a conference, a good friend of mine named, named Matt Allen. I know you know Matt and Lauren. Um, yep. They're on staff here at Fort Bragg with our, with our military navigator work. And he brought a new sense of clarity to this concept that I don't think I, I had ever. Uh, we've talked about the idea of lordship and God's um, you know, just sovereignty and lordship over our lives. But he brought a, a phrase that was so helpful that I think is, is this starting baseline. And he was talking about the idea of being a disciple, just like what you're talking about. And the phrase is, is that if you're going to walk with Jesus as a disciple, the starting point for you to being a disciplined learner of Jesus is you have to admit I am wrong mm -hmm. and Jesus is right. And that this yeah. just has to be your starting point with Jesus, if you're going to be a disciple. Yeah. And much like Lord, Lord, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? It has to be your starting point for the discerning the will of God. So right. I, I think you've probably found that to be true as well. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, one of the ways that I try to help people understand the idea of repentance is I, I, I relate it to uh, someone who is um, driving, driving along the highway in their vehicle and they see this hitchhiker on the side of the road and they decide to, to pick up this hitchhiker. Um, and in this story, you are the driver of the vehicle and Jesus is the hitchhiker. So you just have to go with it and uh, allow me this, uh, this, narr <laughs> this narrative license. Sounds but like a crazy story. <laughs> but you're going through life driving your car. That, that's, that's the idea is that the car is your life. And, and up until picking up this hitchhiker, Jesus, um, and inviting him into your vehicle, you're the driver. You're the one who is, is making the decisions, deciding which road you're going to go on, which direction you're going to travel. And you, you pick up this hitchhiker and he tells you, hey, you're, you're going the wrong way. You're actually, you're on the wrong street. You're not even headed in the right direction. Um, and repentance is not just, you know, people think of inviting Jesus into your heart or asking, asking Jesus to, to, to be with you. And that's like inviting him into your car, but repentance is letting him then determine which direction you're going to drive, which roads you're going to take. And it's a whole different level. If you're just picking up a hitchhiker and you're taking him along for the ride in the direction you're going, um, you're still in control of that situation. And, and in a sense, you're doing Jesus a favor by allowing him into your life. But repentance really flips that over and says, Yes, Jesus does want to be in your life, but <laughs> he wants to be the one dictating and giving you directions about where to go. And so it's, it's, it is a, a willingness to be humble and to admit that you need his guidance and, and you need his direction. Yeah, and, and that's, that's a doozy, isn't it? I mean, we, and we kind of trick ourselves into thinking like, oh, yeah, I've, I've done that, right? I, God is Lord. Right. And then e even issues that you have dealt with in a, at a heart level with God, you know, it comes back like, oh, man, I really thought I'd understood this principle or this issue. And the reality is I, I don't, you know, I've not completely surrendered that. And thankfully, our Lord is committed to bringing those back to us over and over again. Mm -hmm. So it, you can't just set, it's not like a one shot, one kill kind of thing. You right. know, this idea of I'm wrong, Jesus is right. It's this lifelong journey of, oh man, Jesus is right. I'm wrong. I thought it was this way, but it's just not. Yes. And so anytime, so we think about the will of God as these kind of instances of life where we're trying to discern the will of God here and there. Um, mm -hmm. But anytime those comes up, it's this longstanding posture before God of I'm wrong and Jesus is right. And I can trust that he's right. Right. So uh, Jim Downing would say the first thing you got to do is get neutral. That's what we're talking about here. That I'm not going to say I'm in charge. I'm not going to say I have the answers. I'm going to say, God, what is it you would have for me? Hmm. And then and yeah. now where do we go from here? Yeah, I think um, I think this is this is this is a great prerequisite to finding and following the will of God is is that that willingness to get into neutral, that willingness to to lay your your life open before God and to allow him to dictate um, not only how you live in um, your daily interactions, um, but the overall direction of your life itself, uh, what you're going to pursue, your goals, your dreams. Um, those are things that, um, 
we also need to hold with an open hand. But John, let me back it up even a little bit before that, because you know most of the people listening to this show, they they do have faith, Christian faith. They they do have some idea that um, not only that God is there, but that Jesus has been sent by the Father into the world to to bring us back to God and to make God known to us. But I would say if we took a step back even further than that, which I think would be helpful to do, first of all, of course, you have to believe that God exists. So um, if yeah. you're not going to worry about finding and following the will of God if there is no such thing as God. Um, but even, even beyond that, you know, many people who believe in God, we can have different degrees of, of um, ideals about who God is and how he interacts with the world and with us. I know for me, early on in my life, um, in early on in my adult years, um, I believed in God, but my concept of God was that he was distant, he was remote, um, he was so far above me that there was in, in essentially no relevance. There was no relevance to what was going on in my life and, and God's will. God had this will, mm -hmm. this purpose, this, that was on a cosmic level. And I was sort of part of that in the sense that a, an ant is part of my backyard, you know, but he has no connection to me as right. the owner of that yard. I just didn't grasp that the God of all the universe would know who I am and would have something to say about my personal life. I mean, even if you just think of it in terms of humanity, there's 7 billion people on the earth. Does God really know you individually? Does he know me individually? And does he have something to say about the choices we make and the life that we live? It almost yeah. seems um, a little arrogant to think that the God of all creation would know who I am and would have a purpose and and desires for my life individually. Have you ever thought much about that, or, or, or what do you think about that idea? You know, it's is it crazy? Um, it, this is a mind blowing thing about God. It, it this is one of these things about faith that you just think, how is this even possible? The Creator of the universe, scriptures say He knows the number of hairs on your head. Right. I'm just, it's just like, uh, what? I mean, and that ought to challenge your concept of who God is. I mean, you ought to just be blown away by the fact that, come on, that's got to be, it's got to be hyperbole. You know, it's got to be. Um, and man, it isn't, you know, it just isn't. It's crazy, you know, that, um, that, that, so that I'm reading through, um, I just started over my Bible reading this year. And one of the things you notice early on in Genesis, there's just uh, over and over again, haves and have nots. You know, there, there's these people that God chooses. And mm -hmm. people that aren't, you know, yeah. um, I just read your article this morning uh, about Adam and Eve and just the idea of worship and how even that early on was, I'm going to take this. I, I desire this kind of worship. I'm, I don't want that. Right. And so, and for God to set the tone for that. Um, but just one of my thoughts this year was like, isn't it amazing that we can be the firstborns? God, every one of us is God's firstborn because of Jesus. Mm -hmm that we're not having to fight or posture ourselves to be recognized with the creator of the universe, that because of Jesus, we are his favorite. And somehow you, you're his favorite and somehow I am too. Um, and this is a mind blowing thing about who, who God is and what he's done on the cross with Jesus, which really it, it ought to just like turn us upside down because there's no place in earth 
There's no place in our understanding where that's true. You have no relationship that right. works that way. Right. Um, it, it just doesn't exist. Right. So our frame of reference for who God is, um, yeah. is completely, totally dismantled. So, and that's, that's been a, a normal thing over and over in my scripture reading this, this year is like, wow, so glad life doesn't work that way anymore because of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I don't know if you got any more thoughts on that, but I just, I love that. It just, it just blows our <laughs> mind. The, the hairs on your head, you know? Yeah. I don't I know think... about the guys who shave. I don't know if he like counts like <laughs> empty pores, like the guys who have bald heads, maybe he knows the right. number of empty pores on your head, you know? <laughs> I, it talks about, he knows that like the, the number of our days, even before yes. our lives are, are, are taking place. Um, yeah, this is, this was probably a huge mind shift for me. In fact, when I began reading the Bible, this was probably the big thing that captured me is that, that God knew me Uh, again. Like I believed in God, but I had no, I had no belief that I was important to him or that he was aware of what was going on in my life. Um, And as I began to read, especially the gospels and Jesus, the idea that he was calling me on a very personal basis to follow him that was the game changer uh, because now i had now it was really back in my court well i've got this invitation there is a god who exists who knows me and has a purpose and plan for all of the world but has a part for me to play in that so i think when i think of prerequisites obviously you need to believe that god exists but your understanding of who God is and how he wants to interact with you is also a very important piece because if you think that God is remote or distant or just too busy to concern himself with your life, um, then the result is the same, which is, well, what does it matter to try to find and follow the will of God? I'm just going to try to, you know, live life the best I can based on what I understand versus trying to really learn and follow God's purpose for my life. Yeah. Love that. I love that. Um, I, I don't know if you know, I don't know if you remember this, but um, one of the, just to illustrate this a little further, one of the things that we prayed um, together, uh, we would pray for our kids before they were born and mm-hmm. we would do that together. You prayed for each one of my kids before they were even born. And one of the truths that we were landing on in that prayer was that God has already designed them, already knows them from the womb. And we began to pray, God, would you set the Holy Spirit even now over their lives? And you don't pray that prayer. You don't ask for God's will for their life without believing that God already knows them. Um, So just in a practical way to illustrate what that faith looks like, it was we're going to start from the very, very beginning to pray for our kids before they're even born, that God would would reveal himself to them, that the Holy Spirit would guide them, would protect them. Um, and that's something we did together um, for your kids and, right. for, and for mine. Um, but yeah. if that's at, at its basis, right? Yeah, I think an outsider looking in, <laughs> you know, faith should be confusing, I think, to people who don't have it, because you're, you're believing and behaving in ways that just don't make sense yeah. um, to someone who, who just sees the world for its its natural materialistic uh, dimensions and doesn't see beyond that. Um, And so, you know, faith, faith should look kind of strange and finding and following the will of God is something I think that, that should set us apart as, as a little bit 
strange <laughs> to to non-believers yeah. that yeah. that we would think that not only that God exists but that he he has a, a purpose and a plan and we're actively seeking to follow that um I think that that's uh this this is one of the 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 important distinction and and just before we're going to transition into principles here but just kind of to tie up this this idea of uh, prerequisites I think it's important to say that this this belief isn't based on our importance so we don't believe that God is concerned I don't believe that God is concerned with my life because I'm such an important person or I'm more valuable than the other people around me it it really is like you said it's it's based on God's um, uniqueness, that God is able to keep it all in view. He can see the big picture across time and history. He can see what's going on in all 7 billion people's lives right now at this moment. Uh, As you're listening to this podcast, he's aware of not just what's going on with you, but what's going on with the person on the other side of the world. Um, And so it's really about God's greatness and how God is so much like you said, so much different than us, so much higher than us, uh, that he's able to keep this all in view and him caring about your life as a personal uh, being does not take his attention away from the big picture of what's going on. He's able to do both. And yeah. uh, that that's why all of us can, can be part of this life of, of finding and following his will. So let's let's shift into principles. I mean, we've kind of already begun to talk about yeah. those a little bit, but but let's talk specifically about principles that have to do with finding the will of God. Maybe that's a that's a good starting point. So, okay, so you and I believe that not only God exists, but he cares about us and he's got this purpose and plan, but we're not sure what exactly it is for us. How do we start finding the will of God? What, what would you say, John, are some principles? Yeah, what I, we get, if we wrote a book and it was good, <laughs> we, we could be millionaires, you know? <laughs> yes. Um, th- this is the question that everybody asks, right? So yes. um, I, I really like um, kind of the, kind of moving from prerequisites in, into um, the principles here. I like Luke 9, 23. And he said to them all, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. And what, what I think that really does for us is it helps us realize that life is kind of an over and over again, saying no to myself and saying yes to Jesus. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> the principles are, okay, I have to say no to myself and to my principles and, and to my ideas in order to say yes to Jesus. So that immediately takes you to, okay, well, what do I, how do I, how do I filter that? Um, and uh, you know, many of us have a, a verse in Romans chapter 12 memorized about uh, do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yeah. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Mm. So th- there, there's this posture, right? His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Um, but right. before that is, uh, what, where is my mindset? Um, that's this great principle of what, which ways am I thinking? Because if I'm conformed to the pattern of this world, I'm not thinking of the things of God. I'm saying I'm right. Jesus is wrong. Right. So that, that first principle has to be, how do I renew my mind? Hmm. And, yeah. um, <laughs> I, I, and it, so the question is, uh, <laughs> man, what, what's that actually really look like? And 
man, it's the word, you know, if the very mm -hmm. first principle has to be, God has said, I'm re I've revealed myself in my son, that word that then the beginning was Jesus and the beginning was the word, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. If we want to know Jesus, we want to know Jesus's will. Mm -hmm. The word of God is that place. Hey, I, you know, hey, God, what do you want me to do? And I think he kind of says, well, hey, I've kind of written some things down there. Um, right. Why don't you check out what I've written um, to you? And, and, and so <laughs> that, that first principle really is uh, you got to be in the word and you got to know that, that the word is about renewing your mind. Right. And the prompt, there's a promise there, right? Then right. you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. So I, I don't know how anybody finds the will of God without the scriptures. Um, now there's some crazy thing that happens, right? You get, you, right. you get some dreams and right. all of those things inevitably come back and say, you know, I had this experience or I think God may have used a dream last night to tell me a certain thing. And I've got a story about that if you want it. Hmm. Um, but it always comes back to, okay, God, was that really you? And where am I asking that question? I'm right in the scriptures and saying, have you done this before? Where I've seen this principle in the scriptures. Right. Um, but you got to believe it's living and active, right? You can't believe it's this old book that's dusty and with stories about forever ago. You got to believe it's living and active. So I'd say yes. that's got to be your, your number one, letting the word renew your mind. And there's mm -hmm. a great promise there. Then you'll be able to test and prove what God's will is. Right. Yeah, it seems to me that one of the um, one of the greatest challenges to finding the will of God is that that this is um, we we are our own worst enemy. So it's not as if that it's not as if we're going through life in silence and we're just trying to pick up God's voice and, and we're trying to be very quiet. No, actually, like there's all kinds of voices going in our head at any given time, um, and then you've got the world and its way of thinking and its messaging is, is constantly, um, you know, coming into your head. And in the midst of that, you're trying to amplify and, and discern God's voice. Um, and I think that's where Romans 12 comes in, John, what you're saying is um, it's not just like everything is quiet. And then we're trying to hear God. It's, God is speaking and God has been speaking. Um, I actually wrote a short essay on this a couple of weeks back on the disciple notes blog of looking for God in the right places. And it's the idea that no, God is speaking. You don't just have to find him. He's not, he's not hiding from us. Um, right. But the problem is lots of, lots of other voices are speaking. <laughs> and so being able to learn how to hear God's voice in the midst of the uh, the noise of life, our our own wrong thinking, and the world's messaging, um, is why we have to renew our minds. We have to expose it to and, and like you said, you know, the Bible. You know, this this book is our our greatest resource for yeah. beginning to discern the will of God. Yeah, I I love it. Do you remember Job thirty three fourteen? I think you probably shared it with me. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to memorize that one. Um, share, it says, share for it God, with us. Yeah. For God does speak now one way and now another, though man may not perceive it. Yep. You know, of course, here's the disclaimer on Job. No one understands it. So, <laughs> I think that's truth. Um, but it's from one of those guys that gets rebuked at the end of the book. So. Right. Yeah, right. Take that for whatever it's worth. <laughs> yes. But I, I do think that's true. What, what to reinforce your point, you know, that, that, um, we don't realize how much noise the world brings into our life. We just do not. Right. And that, let's say you do a great job and you have an hour quiet time. 
you'll mm-hmm. spend the next 10, 12 hours that you're awake, just being inundated with the world. Mm-hmm. Like what, whatever you're listening to on the radio, whatever pops up on social media, on your right. phone, whatever it is, you what hobbies that like you just completely, totally overran. So mm-hmm. figuring out a way to amplify the presence of God in your life is just so critical. Um, yeah. I like so that. I, I just can agree with you more. Yeah, I like that idea of amplifying. I do think um, I'm actually the, the I'm promoting my blog here, guys. The disciple notes. Uh, <laughs> if you, uh, if Shameless you, pitch. <laughs> yeah, because I think about these things, and so my the the article I'm going to be putting out this next every Monday I send out, and they're, they're one minute reads on faith and following Jesus. But this next one is it's going to have to do with cultivating your mind. Um. And the responsibility that each of us has to cultivate our mind, because everyone's mind is being cultivated. So it's not like your mind is just this this barren field that no one is cultivating. At at any given time, your mind is being cultivated by forces outside of yourself. And so part of following Jesus is actively cultivating our minds by, like you said, amplifying the, the the voice of God, the, the truth of God that we already have access to uh, so that it begins to dominate more and more of our thinking. Um, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to go too far into that because we could, we could go down a, uh, oh, man, a, for sure. a big rabbit hole. Um, but one principle I would say is that we want to move from the general to the specific. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is maybe shifting gears just a little bit, but the, the idea is that God has a plan for his creation. And that plan is going to happen with or without my involvement. So in a sense, it doesn't, in a sense, it doesn't matter if I find God's will and follow it or not. Ultimately, God's will is going to happen for this earth, for his creation. Um, So there's, there's this general will of God. Um, and I would say that that in that sense, there is general revelation that God has made known to us, generally speaking, who he is, what he's up to, what's coming in the future. We don't have all the answers, but we have all that we need um, to, to discern <laughs> what time of day it is and, and where this thing is going. So the general to the specific. Um, so we want to discern, generally speaking, what has God already said and what is he up to? And then you move to the specific. Okay, well, what is his plan for me? What is his purpose? Where do I fit in with this bigger plan? And then, okay, I see the general revelation of God. Um, what is he saying to me at this point in my life, in these relationships that I'm in right now, um, in this job situation that I find myself in? You know, So, so you, you're right. You and I have both just recently... Um, taken on new roles in terms of our vocations. Um, and we've had conversations over the past several months with one another, just looking for advice and counsel. Um, but that has to do with a very specific will of God. Does God want me to take on this job? Does he want me to take on this role? Does he want me to make this shift? Um, but for both of us, it's tied into this bigger story that God is telling. And so if you don't I guess the principle is start with the general. <laughs> like if you don't really understand yes. what God is up to and you're just trying to figure out what does he want you to do, um, that's a tough way to to find and follow the will of God. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, 
we both have a, a good friend who lives up in the Seattle area in Washington State he, who has a phrase that I, I really like. He said, when you're starting out to kind of capture this idea of the general will of God, you're going from from the Bible to life. You're just trying to take everything in and it's generally going to speak to probably every aspect of your life. But right. the longer you walk with Jesus, you're going from life to the Bible. This is what I'm experiencing. This is what am I seeing. God, what would you have me do in this? And you're, and you're going mm. back to the scriptures for this very specific will. And I think that's a kind of a helpful way to think about how that works with the scriptures and God's will. That, um, yeah, that there are, that, you know, the great discipleship verse that gets you out of any jam you'll ever be in is Deuteronomy 29, 29, you know, the secret things belong to God, you know, like, oh man, I don't know. Secret things belong to God, you know? Right, right. But, but there is the back end of that verse is, but there are things that God has clearly revealed um, and they've been given to right. us. Right. And, and, and to, um, and to generations of people after that. So mm. you know, that's kind of what we're talking about, right? We're teasing out this idea yeah. of general and specific will. Right. I, I sometimes compare this to a puzzle. Let's say you've got a, a, and John, you probably heard me use this, this story, but let's say there's a 500 piece puzzle and, and that's life. Life is this 500 piece puzzle. And when you start off, everything's just mixed up. Nothing's connected. Um, and, your job in life is to begin sorting through and, and putting the puzzle together so that it makes sense. And this, this puzzle is reality. It's, it's, um, it's for us, it's the world as God intends it. So we're trying to figure out, you know, the, the puzzle pieces come from God. And as we put them together, we see more and more clearly who he is and what he's doing. The challenge is twofold. First of all, the puzzle does not come pre-assembled, so you have to put in some effort to figure out which pieces fit where. So that's why you have to be active in exposing yourself to the scriptures, letting it renew your mind. So that's one challenge. One challenge is the puzzle does not come assembled. The second challenge is pieces are missing. <laughs> and I don't know exactly why God set it up this way, but you can be as diligent as you want to be. Let's say there's only 400 pieces of this 500 piece puzzle. And so you're able to get it completely assembled and you're looking at it, but there's still missing spaces. There, 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 there are spots where you just don't know exactly what's in that puzzle piece. And I believe that's, that's the reality for us in seeking the will of God is that there are some pieces that you just can't answer on this side of death. Uh, maybe we'll get the answer on the other side. Uh, but I think it's okay for us as Christians to say, I don't think God has revealed that. Like God has revealed a lot of things, uh, but he has not given us all the answers. And that does not subvert faith. What we, what we would say is that there's enough pieces of the puzzle that if you put them together, you can figure out what that puzzle is trying to communicate. You, you can see what the puzzle is about. Um, and, and that's that's the will of God. Another way of thinking about the will of God is you have to be active in trying to discern it. And at the same time, willing to say, I don't think God has given us that answer. You know, going back to the Deuteronomy yeah. 29, 29. So, so John, we, we try to keep these conversations to about 40 minutes. Oh, I think <laughs> we could go for like another easy 45, but let's maybe shift into a few stories just from our personal lives in terms of practices, how we've tried to discern and, and obey God's will. So do you have, um, do you have some stories that you'd like to share about 
just how over they could be recent. They could be from, from your past of finding and following God's will. Yeah. I'm I, kind of as a part of our story. Um, we met when you were uh, living right alongside Fort Campbell, Kentucky, and uh, I was stationed there as a soldier, sort of, I don't know if army bandsmen count as soldiers, <laughs> but it counts that they said it did. So, <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, uh, I remember the navigators were moving you to Fort uh, Bragg, North Carolina for training. And um, I, I don't even know if you're serious. It's kind of, I'm, I'm not still sure, actually. You've never I, really claimed. Oh, I was, I was serious, but I, 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 I didn't dare hope. I'll put it that way. <laughs> so they, it kind of went down like this. Andrew's like, hey, man, you ought to consider move, getting out of the Army and moving to Fort Bragg with us. And um, so I was like, wow, that's crazy. And I was like, no, there's no way, man. I, I'd actually gotten promoted. And I was doing well. I, my first couple of years in the army was pretty rough. I was pretty miserable. I'm like, Oh, well, I'm kind of settling in, figuring this thing out. Um, yeah, I thought probably I'll stay in, but I couldn't shake it. You know, like this God really set that question on. It was this, mm-hmm. Hey there, you need to do business with this question. So this principle is like when something begins to burn and you begin to think about it, like, okay, I got to press into God on this thing. And so the more I thought about that question, I thought, boy, I could stay here at Fort Campbell where there's a dynamic ministry and continue to grow and learn. Um, I could get out of the army and go back home um, or I could move to Fort Bragg, North Carolina um, and, and continue to get training with Andrew and Cindy and live in their home and grow and learn. I thought, boy, that um, as a, the three of those questions came up, I thought, boy, that third one moving to Fort Bragg is really the most challenging hmm. it would be the most faith building. Right. Um, and, and I know that I have a relationship with Andrew and Cindy, but man, what would I do? How would I pay my bills? eventually where I'd live right. really, at, at that point. Um, yeah. So I, as I wrestled through those things, I thought, boy, this is the most challenging thing. This is what would make, uh, make me press into Jesus and, and, and learn how to trust. And I felt like that was a, a key next step in my mm-hmm. relationship with Jesus. So yeah, you brought it up. So I think God helps you be attentive to, Hey, you got to make a decision here. But then as I wrestled, I thought, what is the most kingdom minded way? What is going to most help me be like Jesus and learn how to be like Jesus. And that's how I landed on that last um, place, which was Fort Bragg, which really wasn't on the radar at all. Mm-hmm. I was just like, Oh man, how sad, <laughs> how sad the Strouds are moving. And I know them, I know their kids and oh, that kind of sucks. You know, it's been great, but oh, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of moving on. And then God really laid it up, laid it on my heart. I, mm-hmm. I don't usually, usually use those kind of words, but it was, it was very clear that man, there's yeah. something going on here that I know God wants me to do business with. Right. So as God brings your attention to it, you know, to sit, sit, sit before God and wrestle it down. Yeah, no, I think that that's, that's really true. And finding the will of God, I, I agree. I don't, I don't typically like the phrase, God put it on my heart. Um, right. or, or honestly, even God told me, God told me, God spoke to me. Right, right. I'm always just a little bit like, I, I believe God wants me to do this. <laughs> but yeah. I do believe that there are times where I have been wrestling with a decision and um, and ended up initially making one decision and then just not having any peace, just just feeling like, man, that I don't think that's it. <laughs> and so uh, maybe yeah. that's part of what you're uh, you're describing there. Um, but you know, another practice that you're touching on, that I've tried to to put into place as I as I seek to find and follow God's will is um, to pay to pay close attention to the relationships that God has brought into my life. 
and I, I love this, like if you look at Jesus and the disciples, that was really the initial, the initial invitation was to follow me, you know? Yeah. So, so yes, they were going to figure out a lot about God's will, but it started with um, a personal interaction, a personal relationship being offered. Uh, I think of Paul and Timothy in, in Acts 16, where I love the way it phrases it is that when Paul heard of Timothy, it says that Paul wanted this man to go with him. And so the, the initial desire was for this relationship between Paul and Timothy. And then, of course, you read later in 2 Timothy 3 of all the things Timothy gleaned from Paul's life, all the things that, that got passed on. But it started with a simple desire to be connected with this other person. Yeah. Um, and I definitely learned over the years to make that a higher value in my decision-making formula is uh, who are the people and the relationship opportunities that God has, has exposed me to that Mm -hmm. might help me figure out what, uh, what direction I should go in, in any given, in any given choice. So that's, those are good, man. I love that. Um, yeah. There's two other stories. I mean, we could go all over the place on these stories, but, um, when uh, we were all kind of when the army navigators were kind of all in the Southeast, we had kind of been together dreaming together where God might send us to other places. And um, you and a couple other uh, guys had traveled through and kind of taken your shoes off, you know, kind of claiming a promise out of Joshua talking about yeah. where we have to go next. Yeah. Literally was, guys, we, we, yeah, we literally yeah. took our shoes off <laughs> at every gate. You know, I'm putting, I'm putting the sole of my foot on this thing. Cause that's what God told Joshua, you know, and right. I remember when you came back and, we kind of had this moment like, Oh, you know, one of us is going, you know, right. one of us is going somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. We're probably not going to stockpile arms here mm-hmm. in Fort Prague forever. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you remember that process, but it was actually I a pretty do. long process really wrestling through that. We were both wrestling like, well, which who's we going, were. you know, like, you know, and uh, <laughs> I, I felt like the only thing I could get out of the word was if you're willing and obedient and some sort of variation of that, like, God, what mm-hmm. do you want me to do? Oh, you know, how, and taking counsel from people and trying to get a piece mm-hmm. about the, the decision. It just wasn't there. Okay. What are the circumstances? And God's really doing this. And, yeah. And it was this, if you're willing and obedient over and over and over again, I mm-hmm. thought, Oh, that's it. God is saying, John, you think you're willing, but you're not. Hmm. As soon as, as soon as I had this moment of surrender, I don't, I don't know if you remember this. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in Alaska visiting some soldiers that had left from Fort Bragg Um and Alaska is pretty prone to earthquakes. So, you know, <laughs> but I was like laying in my bed praying about this and it was just like this epic earthquake. And I was like, Whoa, this is real. I'd never been in an earthquake before. Um, yeah. and I was like, all right, God, <laughs> and, uh, I thought, I thought, okay, I think God's telling me to stay, but the problem has always been, I wasn't willing and obedient. I, and I mm. was telling God I was willing to go. Right. The reality right. was I just wasn't. And it took God yeah. a year of him saying that same thing mm. over and over to me to say, okay, you're willing now you can yeah. stay. Wow. So I came back from that trip and I was like, Hey man, God told me, God told me, I think we're supposed to stay. You're right. Like, hey, thank God told me we're supposed to go. Yeah. I, I definitely remember that process from my side of it. And yeah, I think that, that the point you're making of being, being willing to, to stay or go being willing to move in different directions as God leads for us, we just assumed that we would be staying because we had sort of been there first and we had kind of 
been the ones to kind of get it started. And then there were actually two other um, couples. I, I think there were three couples at that time who were leaving. And so we thought, well, we all three of us could stay here, but we know that there are other parts within this, this network um, that we're trying to reach that, that don't have any anybody trying to reach them. So we probably shouldn't keep three of us in one spot. At least one of us should, should sort of set out. But we just always assumed that we would be the ones to stay because I don't know, right? We were there first. And I think part of what uh, came a light bulb moment for us is like, well, maybe you're supposed to leave. Maybe you're supposed to hand it over uh, and not necessarily launch someone out, but, but maybe your time was for a season and then you're supposed to go out and, and try to do repeat the process somewhere else. So yeah, brother. Well, I do think, um, I do Crazy. think that we could talk about this. I mean, I know we've got so many stories, both of us, but I hope that this conversation can, can help people who, who want to, to find and follow God's will, maybe aren't sure exactly where to start. Hopefully we've given them some, some things to think about. Um, friends, if you're listening and we, we said some things that, that maybe intrigued you, but we didn't quite dive into more. Um, let us know. Let us know if you're watching on YouTube, put it in the comments. Um, we do read emails, comments, uh, posts on social media. So if you've got suggestions for us to dive deeper into a topic like this, let us know and we will definitely um, loop back and talk about it in a future episode. The whole desire that we have for, for this show and really the whole ministry of Into the Harvest is to be relevant and helpful to everyday believers who, who want to follow Jesus and want to help other people follow him. So the more feedback we get from you guys about where you're stuck and what you're wrestling with, uh, the better able we are to, to try to address those and, and to share with you uh, from the scriptures. So definitely communicate with us and uh, let us know what you think about what we talked about today. John, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, one last yeah. thing I'll say here, guys, is that John came on last minute. Uh, I had a, a, another guest lined up uh, that fell through. And uh, of course, John, I love talking to you no matter how often it yeah. is. It, it's just that we chose to record this conversation. A lot of times we're having these kinds of conversations and it's just me yeah. and you talking about stuff. So thanks yeah. for being available on such short notice, brother. Yeah, man. Great being with you. Love the ministry under the harvest and so thankful just to partner in the kingdom with you. Yeah, man. Well, I say likewise, I'm, I'm thankful for our friendship and whether it was into the harvest or navigators following Jesus together is, is, you know, been an adventure. So appreciate you. Sure brother. Has. Yeah, man. Same to you, bro. All right, guys, well, we will see you in a couple of weeks. Abby will be back on the show and uh, we'll have another one for you. Thank you.